As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Three, two, one, zero. Hello. Welcome to... Episode 196. Melanie from Dear Debt. Hey, Money Clan, a very warm welcome to the Chain of Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Welsh. So, Katie, awesome conversation we had with Melanie, and she's a former guest on the show. I love Melanie. So, Melanie writes over at Dear Debt, and she encourages readers to submit their breakup story with debt. It's an absolutely phenomenal site and super inspirational if you are in debt and looking to get out of it. Yeah, if you are looking for like a good pick-me-up because paying off debt, sometimes you can really feel like you're the only person who is in the struggle. And just typing in dear debt, it's like the first thing that pops up on Google. And reading other people's debt stories is one of the main things that really helped me get through some of my trenches. Yeah, what I like is that it's people's breakup stories of debt. Like they finally conquered it and this is their breakup letter. And I think that that's really cool because it's really them saying goodbye to debt forever, which is super inspirational. Yeah. And on top of that, Melanie also hosts the Lola Retreat every year, which is coming up quite soon. Yeah. And we'll dive into that in today's episode. So if you guys haven't already, don't forget to join our Facebook community. Head on over to chainofwealth.com forward slash group and come and say hi. All right, Kate, are you ready to dive in? Yep. Fantastic. Let's do it. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Melanie Lockhart is the founder of the blog and author of the book, Dear Debt. Through her blog, she chronicled her journey of paying off over $81,000 in student loan debt. Her work has appeared on Business Insider, Time, Huffington Post, and more. She is also the co-founder of The Lola Retreat, which helps bold women face their fears, own their dreams, and figure out a plan to be in control of their finances. Welcome, Melanie. Hey, Melanie. 
Hey, thanks for having me here. Yeah, well, we should say welcome back because you were on the podcast a long, long time ago when we first started. A while ago, yeah, a long, long time ago. A couple years, I think. So, how have you been? (laughs) Good, been very busy. (laughs) Yeah. So, what have you been working on these days? Uh, Working on mostly a Lola retreat, which is my women and money event. So this is the first year that we're actually doing two events. So we had our first one in LA in February, and the next one is going to be in Seattle in six weeks. Wow. That's soon. Right around the corner. I know. Coming up. (laughs) Coming up. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Lots to do still. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, what is the Lola retreat for anybody who hasn't really heard of it yet? Yeah. So Lola Retreat is a money event specifically geared towards women. Um, You know, it's definitely kind of about empowering women with tools and resources to get their financial life together. So what are the things that we haven't learned in school that are necessary that we need specifically as women? And so we've talked a lot about... um, you know, kind of how to prepare for homeownership and parenthood and also divorce and caring for elderly parents. One of the sessions we had in Los Angeles is why diet culture is making you broke because women are often preyed upon in the beauty and diet industry. And imagine if we even just spent a fraction of how much we spend on that on ourselves in retirement and investing, we could be a lot wealthier. And so The event is really about empowering women to get their money together and also connect with other women who care about money. And I think that's kind of been the biggest feedback we we get is that people say, I found my people. And you know, that's because everyone that comes to the event already wants to talk about money. That's why they're there. And so it's a really unique space for women to come together and, and learn about money. And we cover a lot of different topics and, and every session and every event is a little bit different. I think people like when they're put in an environment like that, where they actually are able to ask the questions they want to ask, you really empower them and put them in a position where they can really be informed and make better decisions. So like putting something on like that changes lives. So kudos to you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I think it's really great to have that educational component, but also that accountability and community, you know, people coming together and meeting new friends and saying, let's do this together. I'm not alone and wanting to build wealth. I'm not alone and wanting to pay off debt. Well, not only that, when you are going into an environment like that, no matter where you are, like if you're paying off debt or if you're trying to save for retirement and maybe you're not feeling as great about it, you meet other people who have different stories to hear. And for me, anyway, those kind of things make me appreciate like my past and what I've worked for and, and also the learning aspect. Well, that is well, and a lot of people feel isolated too. You know, they feel like they're alone in their journey and trying to pay off all the debt and everything. So it really brings people together. Yeah. And I think that's one of the great things about Lola is we have people at kind of all different levels. You know, some people who are deep in debt and trying to figure out their next steps and some people who are closer to financial independence. And, you know, I think it's interesting to have all of those people in the same room and also inspirational because people can say, wow, this person is that far. Or people can say, oh, wow, I've met someone just like me who's also in a ton of debt and not really sure where to go. And you know, we have these range of experiences and everyone's coming together and chatting and supporting each other and really cheering each other on to, you know, get where they want to go. Yeah. And you said it is in Seattle? It's in Seattle. Yeah, it's going to be at the Seattle Art Museum, August 16th through the 18th. Okay, awesome. Well, if people do want to check it out, where can they buy tickets? LolaRetreat.com. 
Okay. I just wanted to throw that out there. Of course. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So last time you were on the show, you talked about your blog and I will be 100% honest. When I was paying off all of my student loan debt, I lived on your blog all the time because... Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, because what you are doing at Dear Debt is really unique where you're basically handing over the microphone for other people and they're able to... Mm-hmm. basically write breakup letters with their debt, which is really inspirational yes. when you are sitting there making payment after payment after payment and it's miserable. Mm-hmm. And then you see other people who have done the same thing and now they're really wanting to, they're able to write this letter. I wanted to know your take on any of your favorite stories that have recently been put up there. Yeah, I would say one of my recent favorite stories is something that I published in January and it's called Dear Debt, So Long Old Friend. And it's from a 55-year-old mom who works in communications. And, you know, I think it's just a beautiful letter about, you know, kind of how she got into debt and, you know, going to college and having a credit limit and then, you know, dealing with um, cancer and her husband and just kind of how debt actually got her through all of these things. And while it's awful, like kind of debt played an important role during this time, but now they're really ready to break up. And, you know, I feel like it's such an empowering and interesting kind of perspective. Like, thank you, debt, for getting me through cancer treatments with my husband and, you know, those takeout meals and childcare, you know, cause I think, I think this is an interesting perspective because a lot of people just think people get into debt because, oh, they're frivolous and they're spending too much. And sometimes it's really not that, you know, and I think this letter really shows that, that it's not always just people spending frivolously. Sometimes it's like life happens and your income cannot support everything. And that's how people get into debt. You know, there's an income and expense gap. And so I really like this letter. And I think it's interesting um, because she's 55 and she kind of mentions her journey about getting out of debt. And I love that because I just want people to know that it's never too late. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, especially with social media and, you know, you're constantly, every time I go on Twitter or Facebook, I have, you know, a friend buying a house or having a baby or going on like another like month long vacation in Asia. <laughs> it's really mm-hmm. hard sometimes to not compare yourself when you're mm-hmm. sitting there and you're thinking, oh my yes. goodness, why me? Like, why can't I do anything cool? Why isn't any of this stuff happening for me? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's nice to see that everybody is coming from different angles and paying off debt might take a little longer for some people. Mm -hmm. But if you just keep at it, you can definitely reach your goal. Yeah. I think it's such a personal journey too. And you you have to stop comparing yourself to other people. And that's the thing is like, we have no idea people's stories. Like they could be deep in debt and we just have no idea. You know, they could have family money. We have no idea. Um, You know, we just, we don't know the whole context. And so I think, you know, focusing on ourselves and what we can do to boost our income, to limit our expenses, to continue to pay off debt and invest, you know, that's kind of the best way to move forward. Do you think that there's sort of like an overriding theme to a lot of the people that are, that are right on your blog? Um, you know, just obviously everyone's trying to get out of debt, but mm-hmm. what sort of has triggered it for a lot of people? So what makes people want to get out of debt? Because you know, a lot of people are happy to just live with piles of debt and they don't ever really get serious about it. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, like having seen so many letters, was there a sort of like a underlying theme that you saw 
kind of playing through with all these different people? Yeah. So that's interesting that you asked that. So, you know, when I started my blog, I really wanted the Dear Debt Letter Project to really focus on the emotions related to debt because no one was talking about it. Right. And kind of what happened when we allowed that, you know, kind of creative outlet of let's talk about our emotions related to debt. You know, I was talking about my own guilt, my own shame, my own anxiety and depression around my debt. And because I was so open about my mental health and my emotional relationship with debt, I think it sort of really attracted a community of people who were feeling really awful about their debt. And so kind of just by happenstance, my blog has really come to this place of people exploring their mental health around money and also their relationship to debt. And so, you know, kind of an overriding theme that's been consistent is people who are really depressed or really anxious and in some cases suicidal coming to my blog and they want to write a Dear Debt letter or, you know, they're desperate for help. And that's just been something that has been kind of unexpected for me. I knew that, you know, creating the blog and talking about emotions would kind of unleash, you know, other people's stories and emotions, but I had no idea the extent of, you know, how serious it is for some people. So if someone is really stuck in their debt payoff journey, what advice do you have for them? Where can they turn for extra support, like you said, for mental health or just like maybe even like motivational quotes that could just kind of help push them through? Yeah, I think first of all, it's so important to know that, you know, you are not your debt, that your net worth is not your self-worth. I know that's something that I really struggled with in the beginning. I felt, you know, like I was in so much debt and it was my fault and I felt completely useless and had no self-esteem. And so I think kind of divorcing yourself from that and realizing that your debt does not mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're stupid. It doesn't mean any of these things. It's just a number. So don't internalize that and kind of separate that. And then number two, if you are in a crisis, I would text 741741. That's the crisis text line. I love the crisis text line because you don't have to be suicidal per se. You just have to be in crisis. So whatever that means to you, You can talk to someone over text and they have licensed crisis counselors that can communicate with you via text, which I think is a brilliant uh, thing to do in today's technological world we live in. And so I think reaching out is really important. And then if you're feeling like you're really struggling with your debt, if first, you know, you might consider going to a nonprofit credit counseling service and kind of talking to them and see if they could potentially help you. Um, You know, if you have federal student loans, consider going on an income driven repayment plan, which if your income is near the poverty level, you can have payments of zero dollars and still be in good standing with your debt. I think that's really important. I think the income driven repayment plan is really underutilized for federal student loan borrowers. And that's how a lot of federal student loan borrowers get into delinquency and default is they just kind of think, oh, I can't deal with this debt. I'm going to stop paying. But if they just went on an income driven repayment plan if their income really is truly low, it could be zero dollars and they'd be in good standing. And if you have like a, a decent income, it's still, you know, between 10 and 20 percent of your income. So it's definitely a lot more manageable than the standard repayment plan, which is for 10 years and that will have your highest payments. And so always talking to your loan servicer or lender about what options are available to you. I know from personal experience, it's easy to have an adversarial relationship with your loan servicer or lender and be like, I hate them so much. (laughs) But they really do, you know, they they really do want to help you. And, you know, so it's definitely important to ask what options are available. 
I think that is really good advice, especially burying your head in the sand is not going to make it go away. Yes. Denial. I talk about this in my book, actually, that paying off debt is a lot like the five stages of grief and denial is the first step. And, you know, that was definitely me when I was paying off debt. Like, you know, I created a mint.com account like shortly after I graduated NYU and I saw the numbers that I still had $68,000 in debt after I had already paid off $13,000. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't realize I still had that much debt. And like two days later, I just deleted the account because I was like, I cannot (laughs) look at it. I don't even want to look at it. (laughs) I was in complete denial and, you know, not until almost six months later when I was kind of forced to leave New York, did I realize oh, I can't afford to live in New York and pay my student loans. It's like denial is very comforting at first, but it will catch up to you and it will be even more painful when it does. No, I can agree because then after you have your come to Jesus moment, then you have all the interest that also accrued with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you're in delinquency or default, then your credit's tanking and you have to deal with even more bureaucracy. Yeah, denial is not good. (laughs) No, definitely not. I actually want to chat a little bit about the mental aspect of debt as well. I know we spoke a little bit about it before the show. So if people are really struggling and, you know, they're they're not doing well, and, and like I know you mentioned that your blog got some search traffic from um, people that were suicidal because of their debt. Yeah. Do you have some resources that people can sort of check out if they are feeling really insecure about their debt? Yeah, so... You know, because I have had a lot of people Google, I want to kill myself because of debt, literally since the first year of my blog, I started a suicide prevention blog tour for the past three years. So it's been in 2016, I got all of my blogger friends together and we wrote topics around debt, depression, and suicide. So I basically have three years of content of people writing about this topic. And I have all of the blog posts available under the suicide prevention tab on my blog. And so it has like all of the blog posts that have been written over the years about this topic. And some of them are very personal. Some of them, you know, share stories about their own family members or neighbors who are dealing with similar issues. I also have information on the National Suicide Prevention Hotline and also the Crisis Text Line, which I already mentioned. And then I also have resources for affordable therapy. So there's the Open Path Collective, which is actually how I found my current counselor. They have sessions between, I think, $30 and $80, which is sadly relatively affordable for therapy. And then actually, I also recommend people check out their local counseling school. So if there's a graduate program in counseling at your local school, see if they have sessions. When I was in Portland, I went to Portland State University and was working with some of their master counselors. And they were like one semester away from graduating or something. They had to like put in the hours for practice. And so it was like $15 and I like was able to negotiate it down to five. So see if, you know, there's a local school that, you know, students are one semester away from being licensed and you might be able to get affordable help that way, but definitely continue to reach out and find resources and and talk to people because you're never alone, even when it feels like it. Do you think it's critically important to sort of try and find a debt accountability like buddy? So someone that you can talk to about topics like this? I think if you can, definitely, because I know for a fact it changed my life. You know, I had kind of my whole 
blog as my accountability buddy. And it just completely shifted my mindset and shifted my ability to continue because I was so depressed before and I felt so paralyzed and anxious, but having a community of people cheering me on and who also knew what I was going through was so vitally important. So, you know, I would say start following debt blogs. I would say find a friend that you know is in a similar situation and say, hey, let's work to pay off debt. How about we come up with a plan together and we keep each other in check and let's check in once a month and we can talk about it. Or if there's a family member that you trust, or even just if there's online communities, I mean, there's so many ways to connect to people these days. And so I definitely think it's a good idea to find other people that you can get out of debt with. Money Clan, we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link round. Money Clan, we've teamed up with Damien Lupo, a former guest on the show, to allow you to have a free book called the QRP book. A QRP is a qualified retirement plan and it gives you full control over your 401k and IRA money. It's tax advantaged. And in terms of the tax code, you can avoid a ton of tax if you have any self-directed IRA It's a game changer and helps you unlock a ton of money that you would have paid over in taxes otherwise. If you'd like to gain free access to this book, you can head on over to chainofwealth.com forward slash QRP. That's chainofwealth.com forward slash QRP. If you are looking for more information, you can also head on over to Damien's episode. Just search for Damien on the Chain of Wealth website and his show will pop right up. Okay, well, you did pay off your student loan of $81,000. Yes. So now I want to know, what does your savings plan look like now that you have all that money that you're not putting towards your debt? Oh, yeah. So it's been so great to actually save and invest money. And actually, right after I paid off my debt, I moved back to California from... Portland and had a lot of different shifts in my personal life and professional life. And it was so great to have that money kind of be able to get me through that time without the additional stress of debt. And then now it's just, you know, been great to be able to save, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month if I can or reinvest it in Lola retreat. And to be able to do that, I feel so much more comfortable without, you know, having these nagging payments and interest ballooning every single day. And so I would say every month I'm definitely saving. I'm definitely investing. It's all automated. And then I do reinvest in my business with Lola Retreat and always try to figure out ways that I can take the next step with my business or help other people and, you know, grow my own wealth now that I'm debt free. And it's just been so wonderful, especially to not have the interest. The interest <laughs> killed me when I was paying off debt. It was like eleven dollars mm. per day or something ridiculous. And I was just feeling like I was throwing money down the toilet. And so I'm so happy to, you know, every dollar that I make is mine. Well, besides Uncle Sam's. But um <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like most of it most of it's mine. And I can keep it and, you know, not pay for my past. I can start paying for my present and my future. For sure. Definitely nice to be on the other side of receiving interest instead of paying us. <laughs> yes, right? It's such a different experience. Yeah. So do you have a favorite book that you're currently into? Personal finance wise? Sure. Or just any book. Yeah, I would say this book that changed my life actually in the past year is this book called Mindfulness. 
I forget, it's two doctors from Oxford that wrote it. And it's about like an eight week program of how to be more mindful. And it's really talking about kind of how to combat depression and anxiety with this concept of mindfulness. And if you're like me, it's kind of like, what is this whole mindfulness thing? But mindfulness is really just about being present in the moment, because it's so easy for us to always be thinking about the past or worrying about the future. And you know, this particular book has a lot of actionable steps on how to be more mindful, which I thought was really great for me and also a lot of science. You know, I'm not particularly like a a woo-woo type person. So a lot of this kind of stuff is difficult for me, but this book, you know, had the science. It also had actionable steps to take. And I was like, okay, I get this now. Like one of the exercises was, you know, to take a piece of dark chocolate and close your eyes and chew it and really kind of observe and notice the taste. Um, You know, one of the other exercises was sit somewhere completely different today. You know, we all kind of sit in the same chairs and do the same things, like sit somewhere else and have a change of perspective. Or, you know, if you walk a certain way every day, walk a different way, you know, really kind of being more mindful and getting out of our kind of autopilot zone and really appreciating everything in the here and now. So I would say, you know, mindfulness really changed my life. And then from a finance perspective, I really love the book from my friend, Kristen Wong. It's called Get Money. She's such a brilliant, funny writer and it's such a comprehensive book. So I definitely recommend that one as well. It's actually amazing how um, mindfulness, like just what she's explained, I find that I myself am very guilty of that as well. You know, I'm always looking at what's coming in the future or... Mm -hmm. I'm more worried about the future, but I know a lot more people worried about the past as well, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think, yeah, like just realizing that you're in the moment, you should be living in the moment and not worrying too much about, you know, like something that's out of your control. It's definitely refreshing. I'm definitely going to check out that book. Yeah, no, I am too. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was great. I have been actually working on being more mindful. I've started doing morning yoga every morning. Oh, nice. And it's been amazing. It's amazing. And it's so nice. There's so many free yoga like classes on YouTube. And if you can, like, I stream it right off my TV. And it's so nice because for a long time, I thought that like going to a yoga studio like at six o'clock in the morning is like way too much for me. Mm-hmm. But if I can roll out of bed and do it like in my living room, and it's really helped give me the time to like, focus on my breathing and think about my day and kind of calm myself down. And it's, I'm also going to definitely check out that book. You were talking about the breath. And actually, that's one of the things they say in the book is like the one tool that you always have at your disposal is the breath. So like whenever you're kind of spiraling, or you feel like everything's out of your control, like really just focus on your breath that you have right now. And so I thought that was like kind of an interesting you know, tool that you always have at your disposal. So I just wanted to share that because you you mentioned that. Well, and to go off on that, as ridiculous as it sounds, I really struggle with that. Like the slowing my breathing down and really paying attention when I'm inhaling and when I'm exhaling and, you know, when you're moving and everything. And it seems like it should be such an easy thing, but it's not easy for me at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. What about a quote that you tried to live by? My favorite quote that I came across recently is by um, Albert Einstein. And it says, there are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is a miracle. Talk about perspective. 
Yeah, right? That's really incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, just when you think about that, like, I don't know, I just think of all of the power that Albert Einstein had and kind of his, his brilliant mind. And then just to think about, yeah, there are only two ways to live life as, as if nothing is a miracle or as if everything is a miracle. And once I read that, like everything I look at, like the roses outside, the architecture in my house, like my cats, the way I breathe, that I can walk. It's like, wow, this is kind of a miracle. Like all of these things function at the same time and are all working harmoniously and wow, it just it gives you a different perspective. And I think it really kind of goes back to that mindfulness thing that I was talking about where you can really appreciate everything that's in front of you right now. That reminds me of like when you're out and about. And I see it a lot of times at work with, uh, since I'm a teacher, I will show a certain kid something really cool or teach them something that they didn't know or will go somewhere and, you know, they've never seen an airplane or they've never seen this or that. And like the pure excitement that they get from it. And then it's just like, oh, well, I've seen this a million times and I don't appreciate it anymore. And then to like re-see like, wow, that's amazing for them. To see through their eyes. Wow. That must be so cool to see it through their eyes. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. Love that. Cool. Well, Melanie, we've obviously love hanging out today. Do you have any other last parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, I think just to reiterate, you know, definitely don't compare yourself to anybody else. Stick to the journey. Know that consistency is the most important part of it. You know, you're going to have setbacks. You're going to have trials and tribulations. And that doesn't mean that you should stop. It just means you know, keep continuing at whatever pace that you can, because I think consistency is by far the best thing you can do in in any kind of thing in life, whether it's your finances or your health or working out or anything. Consistency is key. Definitely. Money Clan, we've been hanging out with Melanie. You can check out her blog. It's deardebt.com and definitely master consistency. It's going to make such a massive impact in your life. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 